0: Little Follies, My Mother Takes a Tumble, Chapter Two, Continues. My dear Mary Strong, please do not be offended by the bills that flutter to the floor when you unfold this letter, possibly grazing your thigh or some other part of one of your lovely legs if you are in the state you were in when you opened my first letter, as I like to think you may be or maybe settling on the plump big toe of one of your lovely small feet, if it does not offend you to have me say that, because even a nice guy like me likes to think about a pretty girl. I suppose you don't even remember that you let slip in your letter that you had nothing unsullied to wear when you read my letter, but you did, and my heart went out to you, and so I'm sending this trifle. I wish it were enough to allow you to dress yourself from head to toe, but since it is not, please allow me to counsel you to spend it on goods of the first quality that will last and not to try to stretch it too thin and buy things that will not stand up under rough use. You mentioned silk underwear, but that seems like an extravagance to me. And perhaps a simple dress would be better. Although I can understand that silk underwear would feel smooth and soft and fresh against your skin, and would lift your spirits. So maybe you should get that after all. But as a woman, I'm sure you understand these things much better than I do who am just a hard-working fellow who does not have much experience with women's underwear, if you know what I mean, and you aren't offended by my saying so. May I be bold and say that I feel more than just the feelings for you that any decent person would feel for an unfortunate young woman like yourself? When you hinted that some brute had been rough with you. My hands shook when I read what you hinted. If I had him here now, I shouted to my empty room. And when Mrs. Mitchell next door, whose story is a long and not very happy one, believe me, knocked on the wall, it brought me to my senses. And I realized that beating and kicking him and possibly hitting him on the head with a whiskey bottle that I had thought of doing, wasn't going to change anything. And I ran from my room into the night where cold rain was falling and I wasn't even wearing a hat. And I walked along full of raging emotions as I walked, snarling at big lewd men, quite rough looking fellows, and smiling with my throat choked up at gentle women like yourself. I walked all night And when the sun came up, I still hadn't calmed myself. And somehow I found myself on the corner where Louise's coffee shop is, where I always get the bus to go to work because I suppose our feet have a mind of their own. Sitting on the bench was the unfortunate woman in the cloth coat I wrote you about. And I admit that tears came to my eyes when I saw her. I walked right up to her and said, chin up, nobody lives forever, which was the first thing that came to my mind because I guess I was thinking that I should really be getting to work, which is selling insurance, you remember, and that's one of our mottos in the office, not the chin up part, just the other part. When she looked at me, I could see in her eyes something sad or frightened and I knew that I'd been right about how she was like you. I pulled a few bills from my wallet and pressed them into her hand. Buy yourself some silk underwear, I said. Something clean and fresh. I walked off and didn't turn back, and I felt good and excited about what I'd done to bring a little joy into this veil of tears. Please let me know how the underwear fits, if that is what you decide to buy. With deep affection, Jack Simpson. Dear Jack Simpson, I'm blushing as I write this, because I'm already thinking of what I'm going to say. I'm sitting on the only comfortable chair I have. It's a wing chair upholstered in pink, but it's worn at the arms and not as clean as it might be, because I got it for a good price at an auction long ago, when I used to go to such things. It's just big enough for me to curl up in, so I'm curled up in it now and writing this letter. I'm wearing your gifts, and that's all, even if I am A little chilly. Do you know what I mean? When I got home from the store, I was in quite a state. I'm sure that anyone who saw me hurrying along the sidewalk as fast as my shapely legs could carry me must have known that I had a secret. As soon as I was safely locked inside, I threw off all my old things and slowly pulled on my new you-know-whats, the thin, soft silk touching my skin so lightly. I let myself fall back onto the bed, and I... Oh, John, John, I hope you won't think I'm criticizing you, but I feel so close to you right now, after what happened, and so I think I can say anything, and you will understand. And what I have to say, and please don't take this the wrong way, is this. Do you think you did the right thing talking to that woman that way? I'm sure I'm wrong, and she is probably a very nice woman who needs love and companionship just as much as I do. But I wonder what she can have in her mind if she sits on a bench like that, where men can see her with just a coat to cover herself which I'm sure she leaves open on warm days, which we are starting to have some of now, crossing her legs too, I suppose. What can I say about a woman who would accept money from a man on the street? Be careful, John, be careful. Oh dear, my leg has fallen asleep, and now I've got a cramp. I guess it's from being curled up in this chair too long. I should get a sofa and then I could stretch out when I write to you and I'd be able to write longer and more interesting letters. Well, dream on, dream on. Of course my landlady did say that she had an old sofa that she would be willing to sell at a good price, maybe 12 50 and I'm sure that I could put a new cover on it and maybe at the same time I could put a new cover on the chair to match. Well, someday, when I have about $32.80. Or maybe if I sit on a bench in the rain, a man will run up to me out of nowhere, dragging a sofa and carrying some fabric. Yours faithfully, Mary Strong.